thank you for this opportunity. I'm really excited for um, the word that God gave me to give to all of us. Um, I'm, I'm honored to be the state representative of the 67th district, but before I became a state representative, I became an ordained minister in the Pentecostal church. My father is the pastor of Westside Church of God in Christ. In 2011, I, I accepted the call to preach the gospel. Two callings, being a preacher, being your state representative, that I do not take lightly. Two callings that my relationship with Christ takes precedence for me personally. And so again, I'm really excited to be here. But during the time of this pandemic, um, it's great to see your beautiful faces because I remember June of 2020, two years ago, I stood right here and looked at the little camera right there. I was hoping to see your smiley faces through the camera and I just imagined you were smiling and laughing at my jokes. But now, I can really see if you will laugh at my jokes and if I need to pivot if I'm not that funny. <laughs> but during my time, that two-year window, since we saw each other, the Lord really pressed upon me a couple of words that during our time of prayer at my church, um, as me being one of the prayer leaders, I really wanted to focus on. And so I wanted to share with you guys what the Lord has given me. Um, I may sound like a broken record because this is something I say not only in the church, but this is something I say at all the press conferences that I'm at, um, the opportunities that we see happening in Rockford, I mentioned this there as well. So what the thing that I say, and the one thing that I believe, and I'm really confident that a lot of you believe it too, we must, we must, we must do things differently than we did before this pandemic. March 2020 and before, the things, the way we operated, we, it has to be different. We had to put, put ourselves in a position where we, we do not put ourselves in a position where we go back to that way of old. You heard a lot, we need to go back to normal, go back to normal, go back to normal. And I say to individuals, no, I do not want to go back to normal because that will be a disservice to ourselves, but more importantly, to our effectiveness as a witness of Jesus Christ. As of midnight, over 6.3 million people died from COVID worldwide. As of midnight, over 1 million in our country and 38,000 here in the state of Illinois and 550 plus and more just in our county. And that does not include the non-COVID deaths. And I'm not trying to sound morbid, but that's the times we're living in. But here's the here's thing that really resonates with me. I, you, all of us, we are still here. We are still here. This virus, as we know, had no respect of persons. In my uh, denomination, we have our presiding bishop who is over the whole Church of God in Christ and general board members. We lost bishops in my church to COVID. So I, I know right then and there, I can't say that I'm holier than them to why I'm still here. None of us can say that, right? We even lost doctors and nurses, the ones who knew what PPE meant before we knew what the acronym meant. The one who was, the people who were accustomed to wearing face masks for a long time before face masks became a thing for us. We lost them to this virus. So we can't say they were smarter than them or they were safer than them. It's because of the grace of God that we're still here. 
And that's well and good, but that still gives me the question of why me? I understand your grace, but your grace is sufficient for everyone. Why am I still here and not my neighbor? I've contracted COVID, yet I'm still here. Why? I can't say it's because I'm a young strapping man. I can't say it's because I'm healthy, because it took people who were young, strapping, and healthy. And so why am I still here? Why me? I've heard countless stories of young babies losing both of their parents to COVID in the matter of days. I read an article in, the, in our church, in the black church, of a first lady, a lady who was the pastor, uh, the wife of the pastor. She buried her husband and her son on the same day. The last words of her son was, Mama, I don't want to die. And he was only 20 years old. 20. I'm 36. And he still passed on. Yet we are still here. Over 6.3 million people who wish they can be in our shoes in the land of the living. And we have the audacity to want to go back to the ways of old. We want, we want the audacity to bring back the same conversations, the same way of doing things 2019 and before. We have the gall of doing things and going through life the same way, not just individually, but as a community. I don't know if we say it in, the, in your church here, but in my church, we say the devil is a liar. Like I do not, I refuse to go back to the ways of old. I don't know about you, but I must, I must refuse to be the same Reese. By the way, my nickname is Reese, family calls me Reese. You're my friends, so call me Reese. But I don't want to be the same Reese as I was before. When I look back on who I was before the pandemic, I say to myself even now, nope. Even with my mindset, my insecurities, the things that trouble me, the things that keep me from making bold moves, I have to say right now, nope, I cannot let that happen again. And I'm just talking about lifestyle choices, making wrong decisions, find yourself you know, doing the walk of shame, if some of us still do that. But, uh, and I'm not talking about if you're a believer or not, I'm talking about the opportunities of, of improvement within our own individual lives. During the crux of this pandemic, when everything was shut down, as I said, I was on a prayer to, with my church. For 496 days, we were shut down at my church. I don't know how long you were, but we were doing the same thing here, camera in front of us, talking to our parishioners, preaching to them with, an empty, with empty pews in the background collecting dust. And every time I got the chance to pray, I said, Lord, help us to be bigger, faster, stronger, braver than we were before. Not just for ourselves, but because we are not in the number of the 6.3 million people. And we must do it for them. So let me give you a quick generic example of what I mean when I say bigger, faster, stronger, braver. By no means am I saying that you need to be bigger. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it happened to me <laughs> during the pandemic. I got bigger. And then I shrunk, bigger, shrunk, bigger, shrunk. Just pray for me, I'm working on it. So I'm not talking about your physical look, right? Bigger as far as my intensity level in everything I do. What's the saying? Go big or go home. And so bringing that into our individual lives. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're young or young at heart. This applies to everyone here. So I challenge myself to be more present with my family, be more present with my friends. I'm an introvert, so I'll be quick to say, no, I, I can't go out tonight. Mm, not feeling it today. I'm just going to hang out at home and read a book. 
but I want to be more present with my friends. If a friend of mine asks me to come out in order to have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. And so I'm going to be more conscious of it, making sure I'm building up relationships and valuing them. I'm going to operate in the spirit of excellence in the projects I work on for my life goals. I'm going to enlarge my territory of my mind and make it bigger. I'm not going to just be, I'm not going to just operate in hoping that I'll get a fun-sized Snicker bar. I'm going to operate in hopes that I can get a king-sized Snicker bar, a box of king-sized Snicker bars. That's how we, the intensity level that we need to bring in our individual lives. That's bigger. What do I mean by faster as far as moving without haste by faith on a word or idea that is placed on your heart or prophetically given to you? How many of us here has an idea or had an idea in your life and you said to yourself, I think I will be great at it, and you never did it? I'm thinking I have a couple even now. The most potential in our world is in the cemetery. People who did not have the opportunity to live up to their potential. That's why I said, I don't care about your age. You could be young or young at heart. But being faster, when I have an idea, I'm gonna move and, and immediately on it. If you, how many of us watch football and you know the fullback? There's the line open and the hole can only stay open for a little bit. It's up to the fullback to run through that hole as fast as he can. That's the same for us. When life's opportunity opens up, instead of saying, mm, really for me, why me? Should I do it? Do I have the credentials to do it? Do I have the education to do it? And before you know it, after asking all these questions about yourself, that opportunity closes. And then you live with what that, I call it the ultimate cuss word, regret. We have to live a life to where we make sure that when we get older, we can look back and say, I have no regret. Stronger, bigger, faster, stronger. When it comes to this one, is how I approach obstacles or circumstances in my life. I will, not, I will not let my shortcomings defeat me or get the best of me. What I mean by shortcomings, we all have insecurities. Don't let this three-piece uh, fool you. I'm not wearing a three-piece to look good. I'm wearing a three-piece to hide my insecurities. I'm dead serious. Don't let the pocket watch fool you. It doesn't work. It just helps me to hide my insecurities. But I find for myself, I won't speak for you, I speak for myself. Even as your state rep, I find myself questioning bold moves that I know helps our community. Should I be the one to do it? Do I have what it takes? What if it backfires? But if I know that it helps our community because of my motives, hearing it from the community, understanding what the community needs, then I need to be strong and make sure I Capitalize on it, and same for all of us. What is it in your life that you know is gonna be make yourself better? For me, making it to where this three piece is a luxury, you know, just something to look good and not to hide my belly. So stop eating all the fried chicken and the fried foods and eat some more vegetables, right? And so I'm gonna be stronger in that case. Could make sure I have more discipline on that. Braver, when it comes to how I conduct myself around my enemies, how, a lot of us have enemies, people who are haters, don't like you. And I'll um, <laughs> be quiet, Reese. I was going to say, I see some faces in here that I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll just say hi to you from a distance. Some faces in here looking at me like, 
but not saying you're my enemy, but we have people who may just not like us. And so how do we operate around them? How do we operate around our family? Are we gonna be brave for our family or even our circumstances that are beyond our control? And yes, you will come up short again and again. We'll, we may tr capitalize on the moment and fall flat on our face. It happens, but it's all about maintaining the mindset that I'm gonna keep pressing towards the mark of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. I will be bigger, faster, stronger, braver. Just this week, give you a personal example again, as I prepare for this message, I realized that I'm going back in certain arenas of my own life where I wanna be bigger, faster, braver, stronger, but I'm going to fix it with haste since I brought it up to you guys today. Like if you see me next week, make sure I fix this. And if I didn't, that means I'm not operating the message I'm sharing with you today. But I'm gonna work on this intensity level because I refuse to be the same Reese as I was before. And I'm not just talking about making sure I, don't, I have a relationship with Christ, that my relationship with Christ is bigger, faster, stronger, braver, but it can be small things that doesn't really affect anybody that none of you will really have to worry about. I mean, let me make sure I let you know, you don't have to worry about it. I'm not a corrupt politician, I, I, definitely not. But it can be small things. And so for me, um, my, wife, oh, my wife is in the back with our baby girl, Brian. You may hear her, um, uh, really thankful for them. But we have a guest room, it's just the three of us, and we have a guest room uh, that I changed the name from guest room to pants room. So when I go home, this three piece is take, taken off and thrown on the bed in the guest room. So now it's the pants room, right? And so every now and then I will have to dig up. There it is. Wrinkle, get out the wrinkles, put it on and keep it moving, right? Now it doesn't affect anyone unless you see wrinkles, which I don't think, don't think you do, but that's not, that's not being bigger, faster, stronger, braver. So I tell myself every night, you hang your clothes up. Every time you, you, you guys, we, we do our laundry, you put your clothes away. And I did well for six months. And now I can't see the bed anymore. <laughs> so I gotta be bigger, faster, stronger, braver, and pivot to make sure. And I know it's small, but if I do it with the small things, when the bigger things come, I'll know how to, you know, the foundation of understanding how to pivot. One thing I come to realize is that all four of these components, bigger, faster, stronger, braver, requires a mindset change. Your will must be, your will, your, your will, we get what I'm saying, must be bigger, faster, stronger, braver before you can be. A strong mind can carry a weak body, but a weak mind cannot carry a strong body. What do I mean by that? I might, if I have the will to do it, no matter what I'm going through physically, I can go through it because I have the mental capacity and the wherewithal to make it happen and the intensity to make it happen. But if it's the other way around, where I'm in, my insecurities gets the best of me, no matter how strong my frame is, I'm not gonna be successful because my mindset's not there. And so that's why it's important for us in this stage of life that we are in, in 2022, where we are coming to the place where COVID will be in the history books and be manageable, we have to know what it means to, for us individually, what our new normalcy looks like. I'm not a clinician or a therapist, so I'm not gonna go deep into mental health, but we can talk about insecurities and emotions and temptations and laziness and slothfulness and the like all day. 
But at the end of the day, a strong mind cannot carry a weak body. And a weak, I'm sorry, a strong mind can carry a weak body, but a weak mind cannot carry a strong body. Insecurities causes us to have a weak mind, at least for me. I'll speak for myself. My insecurities can sometimes cause me to have a weak mind. When I know I should make a phone call to someone to see how they're doing or to talk about issues of our community to help make it better, sometimes I have to tell myself, make the call, Reese. You are, I gotta remind myself who I am. You're the state rep, make the call. Just call them, they're gonna answer because of who you are, but my insecurities tells me, what if it doesn't work? What if uh, they ignore me? What if, what if, what if? We gotta get rid of those insecurities and understand who we are. We are bigger, faster, stronger, braver, just by be still being here. So we gotta make sure our mind is too. And that leads to why a lot of us are wearing orange. We have to be bigger, faster, stronger, braver in this conversation around gun violence prevention. As a, I'm only your state rep because God told me to run for office. God told me to run for city council and I lost. God told me to run for Rock Valley College trustee and I lost. And by then I'm like, uh, what the heck, God? You know, and then I finally became your state rep. And then I look back on these two losses and I say, they're the best thing that happened to me because I'm not gonna be a typical politician that bashes uh, and fear mongers and talks about the other side. I never do that. But what is pain is saddening me today is that, the, is that the issues that we're going through when it comes to gun violence is a becoming a partisan issue even the more. It's disrespectful for us to talk about this conversation before we know what actually happens. Quote, that's a quote from a Republican congressman right after the shooting at the school down in Texas. It's disrespectful for us to talk about what needs to change when we really don't know what happened in that school. We know what happened in that school. And then a week later, the NRA comes to the same state to tout guns. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in the Second Amendment. I swore an oath to uphold the Second Amendment. I swore an oath to uphold every amendment. But for this one in particular, when we see a pattern and you still don't want to be in a place where you make bold changes, where you become bigger, faster, stronger, braver, as an elected leader, then it's up Sorry, then it's up to us to make sure that we are bigger, faster, stronger, braver, to ensure that what we are seeing becomes less and less. And because we're seeing that on the federal side, they're not making moves around gun violence prevention, then it's up to us to make sure that they do. And we're in a unique position, and I'm not, this is still part of my message. I know I closed my iPad, but I'm still preaching. I'm not politicizing, but we are in a position now where Rockford is gonna have a new congressional member. We're in a season now where Rockford's gonna have one, either one that understands that we, what it means for upholding our second amendment rights, but at the same time having common sense gun laws, and one that's simply gonna stand on the, top of the fact that the second amendment says I have the right to bear arms 
even back when this was written, they had no idea what an AK-47 was, what an assault a, a rifle was. Matter of fact, there weren't really that, those type of guns back then. And so it's up to us. And I'm telling you now, giving you a quick political look at this, that person who only wants to uphold the Second Amendment rights, they have a very strong, strong chance of being our congressional member here in Rockford. The question is, are we gonna let that happen? And I'm, I don't care what side of the aisle you stand on. This is not about a D versus R. I don't care about that and I never will. It's all about the issue. And yes, I don't know how you all feel, but I'm tired of saying my thoughts and prayers are for. I prayed for Columbine, I prayed for Parkland, I prayed for Sandy Hook, that's pregnant home. I prayed for Aurora in 2019, for NIU in 2008, I prayed. I've been praying, we've been praying. But the scripture says faith without works is dead. So we can pray all we want. After a while, your prayers are no longer prayers. They're just you simply talking, complaining, and just using words to make yourself feel better. Bigger, faster, stronger, braver, family. We have to be bigger, faster, stronger, braver. So that means we not only have to pray, but we gotta figure out what we must do in this time that we're in. A familiar passage in Proverbs says, that, and I'm paraphrasing, we uh, set the plan, but the Lord orders our steps. But if you turn it around, the only way that, the biggest way that God can order my steps is if I put together a plan, which means I have to work, I have to do something, which means I can't just pray and hope that this, the waters of life will move out the way and I can walk on dry ground. Even Moses had to do something. He had to raise up his hands for that to happen. He had to do something. And so my question to all of us here, when it comes to being bigger, faster, stronger, braver, pivoting the way we operate within our mindset for the sake of our family, for the sake of our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, for the sake of our future family, for the sake of our jobs, for the sake of our community, as we get to that point, my question to you is, are you willing to not only pray about it, but be about it? Are you willing to not only pray, God, help us when it comes to the issues at hand? Because if you think about it, we had a shooting at a grocery store. Then there was a shooting at a school. Then there was a shooting at a hospital. A couple years ago, there was a shooting at a church four places that were essential during this pandemic, four places that were considered essential, four places that were considered safe places. And now, and I'm not just saying it for the sake of saying it, because last time I was here, I told you all, I'm, I, as a black man, I gotta be strategic in everything I do. Even now, no matter, even at my church, even here, I'm watching that glass just to see who comes in at church. I go to the hospital, you gotta watch where you, what happens. You go to the restaurant, you gotta watch what happens because now it's showing that no place is safe, especially when it comes to gun reform. And all we're hearing is it's disrespectful for us to have a conversation about this when we don't really know what is happening. Oh, we know what's happening. The wrong people are getting guns. 
So how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? I'm going to pray about it, and I'm also going to pray, God, help me to understand what is my charge. How can I be effective in this conversation? If gun reform, gun violence prevention is your passion, because is your, is your ministry, then how can you be more effective? There's various issues out there. Um, for example, you'll never, you'll really, prison ministry is not my cup of tea. But prison ministry may be the cup of tea for someone else. First Corinthians or Second Corinthians, the 13th chapter, one of the two, forgive me, but I'm, I'm coming from the top of my head. It talks about the different roles in the church. And so bringing it outside of the church, of these four walls, what issue is important to you? I'm going to pray, Lord, how can I be effective in that policy, in, the, in that conversation? And then I'm going to be about my father's business. I'm going to do what I can to make it happen. If it means call your state rep, then call me. If it means call your federal legislators, then call them. If it means getting involved in, in, in the grassroots side of it, attending uh, rallies or attending events that's focused on the conversation, then we have to do it. If it's making sure you're talking to your family members and your friends about the conversation, then we have to do it. Because we're, no one is trying to take away the guns. We're just trying to make sure the right people have guns. And the, and the wrong people who are trying to get guns, that they get the help they need. Bigger, faster, stronger, braver. I plan, like I said, my pants room is going to be taken care of today. And every other facet of life that I'm dealing with, I'm, every day I'm working on my insecurities so I can be bigger, faster, stronger, braver. Not for myself, but for my family, for the people that has elected me, for the people that I serve in my church. Bigger, faster, stronger, braver. Because if you don't do it, then who will? I forget what the psychological term is, but if you remember there was this lady who was uh, brutally murdered in front of everyone and, the, and they were all in their homes. Thank you. Everyone said, somebody's gonna call the cops. Someone called 911. And then at the end, no one called 911. So just because you say, I'm just one of millions of people that doesn't mean a thing, because a lot of other people are saying, I'm just one of many people. So if not you, then who? So family, together, let's become bigger, faster, stronger, braver with our relationship with God, with our relationship with our family, and the relationship with our community. And that's how we start. That's the foundation of truth around gun violence. And when the, these elected leaders, including myself, when they hear and see people mobilizing and becoming bigger, faster, stronger, braver, then I'm confident that they will be forced to as well or get out the way. God bless you and your family. I may not know you all individually, but I love you because God wants us to love each other. God bless you all.